Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everyone, to episode 197 of the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and today we are going to go through our all-star starter picks since they're getting announced on Thursday, and we're going to give our mid-season award picks as well. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. Mort, congrats on getting mellow five years too late. <laughs> you know what? I, I had a feeling this was coming. The Bulls were interested in Paul Gasol back in tw- 2007, and then they ended up getting him in 2014. The yep. Bulls always get their man. It's just half a decade or more a little bit later on. LeBron James is going to look so good in a Bulls uniform in 2024. Oh, he he's going to look magnificent. <laughs> stellar. Stellar way for him to end his career, following in the footsteps of Michael Jordan. At the age of, like, what, 40? <laughs> right. Much like MJ's Wizards career. Yep. <laughs> LeBron will be a Chicago Bull. It'll be great. Uh, yeah, I, I had to. I mean, for, by all accounts, it sounds like Carmelo will not be a member of the Bulls for too long, but... I had to get my jokes in while I could. I, well, I'm actually sad about that. I am too. <clears throat> we need that, first of all. And yeah. and secondarily, look, he's not good anymore, so right. he's going to help the tank. <laughs> right, exactly. He, having Carmelo Anthony jack up 30 shots a game is a guaranteed L. But I will, I mean, okay, they do have Jabari Parker. Basically the same player at this point. So I know. All the all of the Spider Man memes that came out yep. yesterday with that news bro. <laughs> it was great. But yeah, I'm sad we don't get at least like one practice or one game with Carmelo Anthony and Jim Boylan together, because I feel like it would just be legendary. I, I think Ricky O'Donnell said it best. He was like, We need to find, you know, the, the United Center intern who like <laughs> have them go down in the basement and find all those oh, yeah, posters. Yeah. For the United Center, that because they had decked out the United Center back in 2014 right. with photoshopped images of Mello with the Larry O'Brien trophy yeah. next to him, like everyone was like, "We need to get those back up right now." Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, and you know Jerry Reinsdorf is so cheap; he definitely saved those. There's no. Oh, way he absolutely, he did. Like yeah. he'll he'll just Photoshop a different head on on that body eventually. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right, Mort. So All Star starters get announced Thursday. I know you care deeply about the All Star game and these All Star mm-hmm. picks, so I'm excited to debate these with you. I, I live for for All Star <laughs> weekend, obviously. Yeah. Right. So let's start in the West. 
And I, I want to go through guys who I consider locks first and make sure you agree, and then we can debate the other spots that are still up for grabs. All right. So, so I think, and just a reminder to everyone, uh, for the All-Star game, it's 12 spots for each conference. Then there's the whole draft that will happen on February 7th. But uh, for the starters, it is two backcourt spots and three frontcourt spots. You don't necessarily need a center. You could have two centers, whatever. But that's how it's going to be. So All-Star backcourt in the West, I think, is locked. Mm. I think it's James Harden and Steph Curry, right? Yeah. Do we even... Do we even need to go into it? No, no. I think uh, for the locks, we could just let those stand. I mean, with all due respect to Damian Lillard, who's having a great season as well, we'll get into our award picks later. But, like, Steph and James Harden are probably both in the top three for MVP. So, yeah. <laughs> therefore, they should be all-star starters. So that was easy. Well, you, I think, you just brought out Dame. Can I just say something regarding that? I yeah. think it's, it's, it's such a shame, in a way, that you have two guys in Steph and Harden that are just so ridiculous right now because when you look at what Dame is doing this year, mm-hmm. like in every other year, he would be like a shoe in for like this a starting guard in the All Star yeah. game. Right, he or is if, having, huh? If he was in the East, he would be a shoe in. Oh, even even now, yeah. yeah. But like he's always right there. He's just getting outshined by those two, right. and that's I get that. But, like, we have a tendency as an NBA community to just completely overlook the value of Damian Lillard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Damian Lillard not being an all-star starter is one of the best arguments to scrap conferences and just put in the best players from either conference. Because, again, like, we'll get in the East, but there is one backcourt spot that I think is very up for grabs. And I think Damian Lillard would have a very good argument over any of the guys who are eligible. Mm Mm-hmm. So, all right, so let's go into the front court. I, I think, do, would you agree Kevin Durant is a lock? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some places that don't have him as a starter, but I don't understand that at all. Uh, like, it's it's Durant fatigue. Like Warriors fatigue, I guess. Yeah. But, but like, he's having, I mean, he's averaging 28, 7, and 6. He's shooting above 50% from the floor, nearly 39% from three, 90% from the free throw line. Like, I get that he's on his own veritable all-star team, but still, that's that's just a monster season. You have Oh, to of course. That. Of course. And he's one of the top three, or at the very least, top five, but I would probably say top three players in the damn league. So, right. so yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, there. I, I would say there are four other guys in contention for the two other spots. Anthony Davis, Paul George, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic. You agree with that? Sort of. I have one more lock. Oh, okay. Who's your other lock? Davis, man. See, I, I don't, also I've seen a yeah. lot of places that don't have him as a lock. Well, I don't care about other places. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so why why do you have him as a lock? Really? Really? I mean, well, because like a lot. I know <laughs> you hate this about the All Star Game. One of the many things you hate. But a lot of places or a lot of voters tend to favor team success. Yeah, he's on care. the only one. Yeah, he's on the only one that doesn't have a winning record of those five. Yeah. Well, and and you know that's that's a very fair argument to bring up. Like we actually alluded to this on a previous episode. I I, mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was the last episode or the one before that. Like at some point, you will have to ask yourself, like, how is it that Anthony Davis's team is not doing better when he has you know two twenty point scores <laughs> next to him plus Nikola Mirotic? Right. So that's actually a fair question. 
but at this point in time, I'm just not ready to go all the way into it. I'm yeah. not ready to go in and say, hey, Anthony Davis is the next Antoine Jameson. I'm not there. <laughs> right. Uh, because he's not. He's a lot better than that, obviously. And and he's averaging like almost 30 and was it 30 and, four, and 13? He's at right now 29.3 points, 13.3 rebounds, 4.4 assists, 2.6 blocks, 1.7 steals, and the three. Shooting 58 or 50.8% overall, 32.5 from three. 81.2 from the line. Yeah, you're going to have to bring up all the stats today because my computer is is basically showing me, you know, that it's very sick and on its deathbed, I think. <laughs> yeah. Deal. So like, having too many tabs open is just going to ruin everything. But look, Davis has just been unreal. He's had yeah. so many unreal games. And at the same, you know, like you just alluded to that I'm, I'm an angry old man. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I get the team success angle, but... Mm-hmm. It's also a game meant for the kids, like right. entertainment value. And yep. Anthony Davis is entertaining as hell. Yeah. He's extremely fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'll, I'll go ahead and give a spoiler. I don't think he's necessarily a lock, but like mm. if, I, if I have a ballot, which I don't, but if I did, I would pick him as well. I should have one because you know what? I'm a reluctant voter, meaning I would actually, I would actually take it seriously. In That's that true. Yeah. yeah, and we need more of an international contingent voting on this stuff anyway. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm I'm just gonna have like Sasa in there. I'm gonna have every every <laughs> year. Definitely be a starter. Oh, for sure. He's gonna be next year anyway, so that's fine. Yeah, I hope. Uh, all right. So that leaves one spot for Paul George. LeBron James and Nikola Jokic. Jokic. Really? Again, entertainment. Mm, He's fun to watch. Okay. And also, the dude is, like, unlike Russell Westbrook, averaging a not chasing it near (laughs) triple-double. Right. Right. He's at 19.6 points, 10 rebounds flat, 7.7 assists, 1.3 steals, uh, 1.23s, 0.7 blocks, and only 31 minutes a game. Right. So that's the one page I did manage to load on my screen. Okay. <laughs> of course. That, that was, that's the Denver Nuggets. And here's the thing. like he, There is not a single 20-point scorer. Like you could argue Jokic is right there, 19.6. Yeah. Like the next is Jamal Murray mm-hmm. and at, at 18.8. But then the next one is Gary Harris at 15.5. So, you know, the, the they don't have... You know, that one dominating guy. So right. everything has to be done collectively. And I think Jokic has just done such a fantastic job at incorporating all these guys. Yeah. Like, you know, you're seeing, he sees Jamal Murray backcourt, backcourt. He sees Gary Harris move around a screen. Like, everything comes with the flow of the offense. I'm just in awe of what he does on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you brought up team success. They're 31 and 14. And they are 31-14 and 14 with Michael Porter-Williams not, ha- not having played yet. Isaiah Thomas has not had his debut yet, right? I'm not right. – I don't yep. think he's had. Yep. Like, Paul Millsap's missed game. Uh, like, Will, Will Barton. Barton. Yeah, he yeah. played six games this year. Right. I mean, come on. That's – how is this even – and Gary Harris, by the way. Yeah. Missed, what, 20 almost? Upward, 18. Yeah, close to 20, yeah. 18 games. How yeah. is this possible? What are they doing? I mean, that's insane. Yeah, it's been a lot of Jokic and Murray, for sure. I mean, right. he has a hell of a case. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, especially if you're incorporating the fun aspect, like he's the best passing big man in basketball right now. He would be great in a game where you don't play defense. I feel like he's been better defensively this year than he has in years past, but I think Mm -hmm. the lack of minutes and then his defense will be the two things held against him as you're comparing these guys. And that, like, it's not necessarily, yeah, it's not necessarily fair. Uh, at least for lack of minutes, because that just means the Nuggets are really deep. Like, it's good that he doesn't have to... It's good for the Nuggets that he doesn't have to play 38 minutes a game. Like, but right. that also means he has, you know, six or seven fewer minutes than, you know, Paul George is playing nearly 36, so he has five fewer minutes than Paul George. Mm. Anthony Davis is playing 37, so he has six fewer minutes per game than Anthony Davis to put up stats. And if you're looking at just per game averages, which unfortunately a number of voters probably will, you know, that that limits his impact to some so extent. So why why does defense matter when it's all star? Right. It shouldn't. I agree. I don't and, care. Like hey, let's have an exhibition game for the kids, but let's make sure that that defense is a an important criteria for getting selected to this game where it's all alley oops and threes. Like what? Right. Come on. Yeah. And, like, if you want to go into advanced metrics of the three guys, of George, James, and Jokic, Jokic has the best win shares per 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. He has the highest box plus minus. He has a higher box plus minus than Anthony Davis. Highest value of a replacement player. I believe he is... I look forward to someone telling seven-year-old Bobby that. Hey, yeah. Bobby, <laughs> look, I know that you like LeBron and all that, but you know what? We're getting Jokic in instead because look at his, his, his box warp. Plus minus, yeah. box plus minus. <laughs> I would love for the league to take that approach. Oh man, it would make so many people's head explode. It'd be great. <laughs> so, no, just just to, to clarify, I actually have Jokic in over LeBron. That yeah. was just yeah, right, right. So yeah, I think I mean with all due respect to LeBron, he's missed you know almost a month now. Mm-hmm. And, like, look, he's done the same stuff he always does. He's averaging, like, 28, 8, and 7, which is just a normal LeBron season. But right. given the missed time, combined with how good these other guys have been, I do, th- like, I would personally leave him out. I think I would go Paul George over Jokic, though. And I think I, I understand not valuing the defense component in an all-star game, but, like, Paul George... Has just been, I mean, he might, it's him and Kawhi, I'd say, are the two best two-way players in basketball right now. Oh, he's deserving. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, so if think, you're asking me who's the better ball player right now, mm-hmm. I, I'm going with Paul George. Who's right. having the better season? Probably Paul George. When you look at it from, from you know, the perspective of defense and just being, like, a two-way player, he's in the middle of his prime, so obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, you know, it's just the entertainment angle. That's that's fair. I mean, I, I think really voters can't go wrong with any of these guys, including LeBron. Like, mm. I know he's missed time, but he's still LeBron, LeBron James. James. Like, <laughs> he's still the best basketball player on the planet. So, like, yeah. this, these are really tough choices, and it's going to be interesting to see how they shake out on Thursday night. But Is know, he, though? Is LeBron the best player on the planet? I don't know. Oh, uh, who do you think? Steph or yeah. KD? Uh, it's Steph right now. Mm. I don't know, man. That That's a conversation for a later day. Yeah, it is. It is. Sorry. 
Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll table that until we have an hour to destroy your Twitter. Message. That's what the kids called a teaser. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Uh, okay, let's move into the East. I think this one is even less... I think there are four locks, basically. Right. I think... The, the f- Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Exclude in-store clearance. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Front court, I think, is locked up. I think it's Giannis, Kawhi, and Embiid. You agree? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think the backcourt, Kyrie Irving, is a lock. Yes. I mean, we talked about him a couple episodes ago and how he's never been better this season. And then he's gone out and had, like, these monster, like, 30.17 assists or he had eight steals last night. Like, he's just been out of his mind good. So put him in. So that leaves one backcourt spot. <clears throat> right. And I think there are three or four guys, depending on, I don't know, if, if you want to include one of them, it's up to you. But I think it's Ben Simmons, because he's being labeled as a guard, at least in the all-star voting. Mm. Bradley Beal, Kemba Walker, Victor Oladipo. Yeah, o- Oladipo has been injured. He's coming back from that injury. He's... He's taking it slow, as he should. Mm-hmm. I, right. it, the, it seems that the Pacers are just bringing him along nice and easy. Yeah. So his numbers are down. And I think that's effective his, his, you know, the perception of the season that he's having. Yep. So I would probably remove him from that. I, and I think that's fine. Yeah. So here's the thing. This is, this is another Nikola Jokic, Paul George situation because Ben Simmons is by far the more you know, explosive and entertaining athlete. Mm-hmm. And then Bradley Beal is having the better season, I feel. Mm. Especially so really, since Wall went since down. John like, Wall he's been a down, monster. Right? Yeah, like he's he's playing at not just an all-NBA level, like at a high-caliber all-NBA level. Right, like second-team all-NBA. Right, like not one of those, you know, last selections in the all-NBA 13. Like, no, like legitimately... On the second team, and he should be if the Wizards are getting just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So it, it comes down to that again, and, and because of, of the entertainment angle, I'm going to go with Ben Simmons. Even though I, like I hate that they he's lumped in as a guard. Yeah, that feels gross. Yeah, this is, I, I'm not buying the whole Ben Simmons as a guard thing. I, I, it's it's such a posture. It's, he's not, he, I mean, he may start games, and it may be listed in the graphics as such, but like, right. no, he's a point forward. Just yeah. stop. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think helping Beal's case, like, had you asked this three weeks ago, I think it would have been either Simmons or Kemba, honestly. Right. Helping Beal's case, again, is, like, since John Wall has gone down, since John Wall has gone down, here are his averages. 28.5 points, Mm -hmm. 6 assists, 
five and a half rebounds, 3.33s, 2.3 steals. He's shooting 45.1 overall, 39.1 from three. The Wizards oh, are seven and four yeah. in John Wall's absence. Now, that's the key stat. Yeah, exactly. That's the key number right there. I mean, look, we, you and I have spoken about Bradley Beal several times over the years on this podcast. We're both mm-hmm. very high on the kid. Yeah. And when we had our big Wizards podcast a couple of months back after the whole, you know, athletic article mm-hmm. about everyone being up for sale, like the first thing we went to was like, yeah, if you have a chance to keep Bradley Beal and then just, you know, move on from every, literally everyone else, you do it. Right. It, because that, that should be their main objective. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's, he's the best player on the Wizards. Oh, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. And, and it's such a shame because like John Wall could be. And he could be rather easily. Mm-hmm. And who knows with the heel uh, procedure, though? Like, we don't know. Yeah, maybe right. maybe it, it, that had been bucking him for a couple of years. Maybe that changes everything. We don't know. But right now, yes, absolutely. Bradley Beal is the best player on, on Washington. And it's not because of, oh, he's the best player on, on the Wizards that, we right, should, right, that he gets right. consideration because who cares? It's, it's more so that his offensive production and the fact that he's actually a pretty decent two-way player, like his defense yeah. is not bad. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of gets forgotten about. But again, it's all-star format. Doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, I mean... Just run. Hurting Beal's case, if, if you want to go back to little Timmy, tell little Timmy that of the four, he mm-hmm. has the lowest win shares per 48 and box plus minus of him, Oladipo, Simmons, Walker. Daddy, what? what does that mean? <laughs> Daddy, why why are they taking Bradley Beal out? Because his advanced yeah. metrics are bad. <laughs> you know what I also realized? Like, I don't know why I was thinking about this, but I actually it was because I was thinking about like Kemba and then like free agency and just how sad it is. They had a chance at Bradley Beal in 2012, and they took MKG over him. Yep. But can oh. you imagine a Kemba Beal backcourt? That would have been. Basically, the Eastern Conference copycat version of Damon CJ. Yeah. And I would have loved it. It would have been so good. It's like, I wish I could go back. If I had a time machine, there were a few more important things I would take care of first. But then I would go back to like 2011, 2012, and I would take over a team and I'd be like, hey guys. Shooting is going to be really important in a couple of years. <laughs> Don't prioritize these wings who can't shoot at all. Like, it's it's just not going to happen for them. Prioritize these Bradley Beal types who, like, they might not come in as the best defenders, but they, I promise you they're only be- going to become more valuable in the years to come. Okay, so here in Denmark, uh, we actually have a weird saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called pineapple and own juice, which means... Yeah, doesn't make a damn sense. Like I'm okay. saying, basically what it means is, you know, I'm about to say something that's about myself that's awesome. Uh-huh. And then okay. we, and that's why we call it pineapple and own juice. So uh. here's the thing. Back in, I think, 2005, all the way back there, I, I was so convinced that the league was trending upwards in terms of the three-pointers mm. that mm. whenever there was, like, a discussion you know, on you know, at that point we didn't have NBA Twitter, but I was on you know message boards and whatnot. But whenever there was a conversation about, oh, we're Team X and we're looking at these two guys, mm-hmm. the one thing I always went back and looked at was like the three pointers, always the threes. And 
you know, it's, it's it's it blows my mind that even back then you had guys going, well, we can we can choose a guy who can shoot from sixteen feet and in. That's fine because <laughs> even back in like two thousand five and two thousand six and and those years, you could just totally see how it shrunk the floor. Right, like it was so apparent, and and I think because back then the the entire identity of of basketball was, hey, you know what? If we get a a defensive squad that's just bonkers, we can beat mm-hmm. everyone. Like teams were actually trying to copycat the two thousand four Pistons, I think. Yeah. Like, oh, if we just hold everyone to like eighty, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But they didn't even consider, oh, but if we keep other teams to eighty, we need to score eighty one at least. <laughs> right. Meaning, meaning right. shooters. So yeah. teams were just going all out on these athletic bigs with the mindset of, oh, they can block shots. Mm-hmm. That was the entire purpose. Or, or if you had like a defensive wing who was taller, instead of like a young guard who could shoot, like he, mm-hmm. they would always go with size and athleticism and defensive know-how. That's fine. Doesn't matter if you can't shoot. Yeah. I always found that weird. Always found that weird. And I think it's. I'm just loving that we've reached this stage now. That I was looking at in 2005, <laughs> going, "Hey, right. this makes sense. This is always makes sense. Come on, right, right. Get in the yeah. game." Get in the game. Yeah. It only took a decade and a half, but we're only here. Took a... We made it. One day you'll also switch over to the metric system. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, going back to it, I agree with you. I think it's really between Beal and Simmons. Like Kemba had such a hot start to the season, but he's tailed off a little bit since, and the Hornets are just so mediocre, and it's really... Yeah, what happened? I mean, I mean he ran out of gas. It's talked to me about James Harden in a month, too. I think yeah. it's good. the same thing's going to happen. He ran just, out of gas quick, though. Yeah, look at what he had to do every night. I, oh, I, I'm not. I, look, I'm not attacking Kemba. Right. But man, that went. That was quick. Like usually takes half a year. I, it kind of did. I mean, he's still like he's still averaging 25 a game. It, running right. out of gas, you know, to some extent is a stretch. But he's not like shooting. He's not averaging 60 or like 40. Right. 40 plus like he was early in the season he's still yeah. you know in the low 20s now which is it is what it is but i just think that hornets team is very limited in what it can offer him uh, are you saying that it's not a good thing that jeremy lamb is their second best player <laughs> probably not not a great sign <laughs> so yeah i think it's it's simmons or beal and i'm just gonna take the homer pick and pick simmons if wow shocker, shocker. i know i know yeah I was thinking about this, though, because, like, you know, a lot of people have made the Simmons-LeBron comparison, which I think is just, like, passing-wise, I get it, and, like, body-type-wise, I get it, but I think LeBron was just a much more natural scorer than Ben Simmons. Like, Ben Simmons is, is, I don't even think he's as, like, equally devastating in in transition. I think LeBron James in transition is the most devastating player, really, I've ever seen. I don't think Simmons is there yet, but even though LeBron wasn't a good shooter coming into the nba like you you know his, his three-point game came around obviously but he wasn't there yet but he still could hit like a 16-foot jumper in that first year at cleveland mm-hmm. and ben simmons just can't do that yet well so, like, he could hit the occasional three as well i, I mean i get that 29 percent isn't a great number but right i mean teams had to like look at him when he took a three <laughs> right you had to defend him so Really, it's just my call to, like, let's pump the brakes a little bit on the Simmons-LeBron comparisons for now. But also, I was thinking, has has LeBron James ever played with a player 
as good as this year's Joel Embiid? I mean, it's always difficult to compare bigs to small. Right. It really yep. is because obviously, you know, you'd go Dwayne Wade yeah, in 2010, the, 2011. Yeah. Yeah, but but it's just not fair because you know, I mean, Dwayne is a 6-4 slashing two guard and Joel Embiid is like the, you know, the the closest reincarnation of Shaq. Right. So, I mean, how can you compare those two? I I think that's very difficult. I, I you know, a gun to my head, I would probably go with Embiid because of the defense. Mm-hmm. And whereas, like offensively, I think you know Dwayne was obviously a lot better, right? Because of the lack of efficiency from Joel, which might come, might not come, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but the defense is just like it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Like Dwayne was my first thought too, because like with all due respect to Kyrie, if Kyrie has never been better now, then that by definition means like I don't think Kyrie Irving was ever a top ten player. While he was next to LeBron, I think right, right now he has an argument to be in that like seven, eight, nine, ten range somewhere around there. Yeah, but you know that's this year, not years past with LeBron. So yeah, Dwayne Wade was the one guy who got, like there was no one in Cleveland ever, like Antoine Jameson, Mo Williams, no, Larry Hughes, man, come on, right, right, yeah, and like Kevin Love was never a top ten player, like Joel Embiid again is like right in that seven eight nine ten range right now so mm-hmm. i don't know it was just a a thought experiment because like i bet ben simmons could put up bigger numbers elsewhere but because like you know i was watching that rockets game last night and it was just like that simmons if he wanted to if joel Embiid wasn't there would have had to put up 25 or 30 but because you have joel Embiid, you just dump it down to him well, I mean, to be fair, Simmons is kind of passive. He's yeah. he's not a, he's a reluctant shooter. I feel mm-hmm. so. Uh, mindset matters, especially as mm-hmm. in, in terms of scoring mindset. Uh, so even if Joel Embiid was not there, I, I don't I don't think Simmons would average more than like eighteen, nineteen mm-hmm. a game. Yeah, he, he's just not that dude. Not yet, at least he might be, but mm-hmm. I think. And this this is you know a thing I've been thinking about a while. I mean I have nothing to support this theory, but it seems like his his confidence level isn't as high as it should be because everyone is keying in on the three pointer and the free, right. free throws. Right. Like every time he ch- touches the ball, that's going through his head. Yeah. Like every time he receives a pass and he's outside the three point line, it feels like his his mind just starts to race. Right. And you know where like we we brought up Dame Lillard like ten minutes ago, mm-hmm. you know. You know that's a guy right there who who doesn't think that way at all. Receive a yeah. pass if he's open, shoot it. If he's not, well, I'll I'll make myself open by you know just doing a lot of weird stuff with the ball and ending up with an open you know an open fadeaway jump shot or whatever. Like he'll just manufacture something out of nothing. Whereas I feel Ben is similar to LeBron in one sense, which is like the straight line drive. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's very good at that, but he also doesn't utilize it enough, and he doesn't really have. This, this ability to put English on the ball like mm-hmm. a lot of other guards do. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I like Ben for what he is. A highly entertaining, you know, tr- <laughs> I was about to say train wreck. That's not what I mean. Like they, <laughs> Runaway you know, train. Runaway train. train. There we go. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Just you know, going down the lane. And I yeah, think yeah, yeah. in the right system, he could be immensely, immensely 
uh, valuable. Yeah. I, I just don't think the current Sixer system is the right one because they lack shooters. Right. And he should be able to shoot a little bit better, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, he's young. He's, what, 22? 22, I think. Yeah. There's time. I mean, yeah. when 24 rolls around and if nothing's improved, that's when I'll start to worry. Right. <laughs> the Andrew Wiggins corollary. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just, it ran through my head. and I was. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Are you tired of not earning anything on your hard-earned money? Your path to more money starts with a certificate from Pathways Financial Credit Union. Right now, earn a 2.68% annual percentage yield on a 60-month certificate with a minimum balance of just $500. Great rates like this have helped make Pathways the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Earn more on your money. Stop by any convenient location or check us out at pathwayscu.com pathways is federally insured by the ncua it's fine yeah all right let's switch gears now and we'll go through our mid-season award picks we did this at the quarter mark of the year and really not much has changed i mean some of these are going to be very similar to who we picked the first time so we're not going to debate those but Mm -hmm. let's start with the big one mvp we both had Giannis at the quarter mark yeah, I still do. I do as well, but James Harden's coming in hot. Yeah, I agree with that. I um, I was watching the Bucks Mavs game last night. Mm-hmm. By the way, I mean obviously I I respect the hell out of Martin Luther King and mm-hmm. you know the whole thing. But but one of my favorite things being in the European over here is mm-hmm. the NBA games come comes on at like what is normal times for you guys. Like I had a game at at six thirty. Wow. Right, like that—that that was the earliest one. The the Bucks, uh, Mavs game started at eight, which mm-hmm. was just like like oh my god, this is so fantastic. Like yeah. we we, had, we saw the first half of the Bulls Cavs games because Bruce is is Ew. a big marketing fan. <laughs> oh, oh it fair. was it was horrible. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and as he had to go to bed at eight, so when I shot that game off, I was like, yes, thank you, so good. <laughs> you did him a favor. Yeah. Oh, I did myself a favor as well. Yeah. But that game, the Mass Bucks game, so Giannis ended up with something ridiculous. I, uh, I think like thirty-one points, thirteen rebounds, five or six assists, or stuff like that. But mm-hmm. the way that he got those, like at the end, like he he's he's got the similarities of a former Buck, actually, Glenn Robinson, mm. like a guy who can put up huge numbers without ever making it look like you did. Right, right. He just gets it in the flow of the game. Like, there's a dunk here, a small push shot here, you know, two free throws here. Like, he doesn't go on these insane Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, you know, stretches where he scores like 27 straight points or whatever, (laughs) primarily because he doesn't have the three ball down. Mm -hmm. So it's like he's picking those spots, but he just does it so damn well. And whenever the Bucks are a little bit down or if they're out of sync, Enter Giannis. Yeah. Give the ball to Giannis. And it might not be a score. It might be like a very nicely timed pass. It might be securing a, a crucial rebound. Like 
locking guys up. Like it's mm-hmm. he does everything, and I get the whole looking at numbers and looking at what Harden does. Like from a statistical perspective, Harden is kicking Giannis's ass. Mm-hmm. But in in terms of basketball play and in terms of impact and influence, I mean, sorry, sorry, Daryl Morey, but I'm I'm gonna go with Giannis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think those two are the the two front runners, and then right. you know you can give I, like my honorable mentions right now would be Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Joel Embiid. But I think it's easier to poke holes in their cases. You know, Curry's missed time. Leonard's yeah. got the load management stuff. KD's just on such a loaded team. Embiid, you could argue, is on a loaded team as well, and it's got the three pointers that you don't you'd like to see him cut down on. So. Yeah, just you know. the efficiency, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think Giannis, the the thing that's going to be work against him compared to Harden, especially lately, is that his team is just better right now, and they don't mm-hmm. need him to do as much. But I think my favorite thing is, you know, you described his stat line last night or against the Mavs as absurd, and it was thirty one fifteen and five. Oh, that's so close. That, that's not that far out of line with his season averages, though. Right. He's averaging 26.5 points, 12.6 rebounds, 5.9 assists, 1.4 but that's, blocks. But that's still a major steals. game, right? Like I know. Yeah, 31-15-5, like, that's like most players like fantasize of having one game in their career. Right. Yeah, yeah and he, he just makes it like so ho-hum. That's what I, I like about him too. Like, you know, I compare it to Embiid against the Rockets where like I also – he had 30 points, 12 rebounds, 3 blocks in 24 minutes – but that wasn't like a ho hum. Like you could see him visibly exert, like just destroying the Rockets yep. on both ends of the court. Like Giannis is one of those rare players where you're right. He could put up thirty, ten, and five, and you barely notice. And then you look up at the scoreboard and you're like, oh my god, this guy has just he's dominated this game on both ends of the floor. Right, right. When he came into the league, I I said that he was going to be the defensive oriented version of Kevin Durant. Yeah. I still think that kind of holds true. Yeah, like with his, his length. jumper is obviously not there, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, and and Durant's defense is very very good as well. Mm-hmm. But like when you look at it, it if if you compare the two, like Durant is primarily offensively gifted, right. and sure. Jan is like primarily defensive gifted. Though yeah. you know, averaging twenty six while being primarily defensive gifted is insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, no, I, I, I just, I have Giannis. It's, yeah. it's, I will say this, like you, like you just alluded to with James Harden, he's knocking on that door. Right. Cause as you mentioned, I think an episode or two ago, like he's putting up better per 36 numbers than MJ ever did. Yes. That's, that's a pretty easy. I took a lot of flag point. on that for, for, on Twitter, by the way. Did you? Sorry oh, yeah. for bringing how, it up again. How, how is that relevant? Like, um, what do you mean relevant? Like, what are you trying to say? I'm tr- trying to say that he had better scoring numbers. Yeah, but this is a different era. I, I know it is. Like, <laughs> it's it's just, just this is a fact. I'm yeah. I'm just presenting a fact as <laughs> letting you do with what you want with it. Dude, I mean, are you saying that James Harden is better than Michael right, Jordan? I right. am most certainly not. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, what about LeBron James? What about Kobe? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Twitter. Yeah, I mean, Harden, it's just outrageous what he's doing. But right now, my pick is Giannis as well. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, rookie of the year, we both have Luca at the quarter mark. I'm going to guess we both have Luca now. Dude, again, yeah. that box Mavs game last night. They lost. Right. And and I don't care about the triple double. Because <laughs> Luca had his first triple double, and like everyone, like oh triple double. I think the triple double has gotten so watered down now. Right. Thanks a lot, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> that it just doesn't matter. Yeah. But I mean, it's still obviously when you look at it in context, like a 19 year old coming in. Right. But what was most impressive to me was in the final stretches of the game, like Lucas started taking over a little bit and hit like yeah. a crazy three. Like his confidence at the end of games, my God, 19 yeah. years old. I know. I, 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 it's incomprehensible. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned a few episodes ago about his clutch time stats and how mm-hmm. he was like one of the best clutch scorers in the NBA as a 19 year old. Yep. It's amazing. That has not gone away. After last night, that has not gone away. I know. I'm going to, because I'm assuming he's not going to be voted in as an all-star starter, even though he's like second in front court voting right now, I will have an article Friday on uh, B-Ball, or the basketball writers, the the new site that I'm writing for, uh, and it will be titled, or hopefully titled, Put Luka Doncic in the All-Star Game, You Cowards. Yes, so. <laughs> I love the last part. Yeah. No, look. Here's the thing. Uh, I, I I heard uh, Low and he had Kevin Arnowitz on uh-huh. uh, on on his podcast, and they were talking all stars, mm-hmm. and and they brought up Luca somewhat qu- quickly, and, and Low was like, "Yeah, you know, you don't have to sell me on Luca. It, yeah. It's not like a gimmick. He's legitimately right. in there." Yeah. And and I've been saying that for a month now as well because like a lot of people are have, have you know begun this whole shtick with oh he you're just trying to choose him these european voters and all that and like i i'm i'm fully aware that europeans vote for luca and i Uh also realized that part of why they're doing this was because americans crapped on him for two months during the pre 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 pre-draft process right for say so they're basically (laughs) ganging up and going hey look not you guys were wrong (laughs) no i don't i was in on luca I know, but my God on Twitter. Yeah, You yeah, know, yeah. you saw. Yeah, of course. The thing is, though, despite all that, despite the little revenge game that they're playing, he's deserving. He's yeah. actually legitimately, objectively deserving. Mm-hmm. And anyone who says otherwise, like, no. Look at look at the numbers. Look at this the clutch game. Like, yeah, you're about I, to rattle off something, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, here's all you need to do to make Luka Doncic's all-star case. There are three rookies in NBA history who have averaged twenty point six rebounds and five assists. Oh, oh, can I? Can I? Yeah, I think I know. Uh, Mike is one of them. Mike is one. It has to be. It's not LeBron because LeBron was under six rebounds. I think it has to be like Oscar, right? It is Oscar Robertson, and then it's Luka Doncic. Well yeah. done. Well done. Appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's. There you go. There's his all-star case right there. I know the Mavs have not been great this year, but like they're also playing in the West. You really, if if they're staying somewhat afloat, you can't hold that too far against them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like compare in Rookie of the Year, especially like if, if we're talking about Luke as a potential all-star pick, like yeah. he's running away <laughs> with Rookie of the Year with like obviously. And that's not to say like DeAndre Ayton has been pretty good for the Phoenix Suns this year. He's I mean, actually been better. Like early on, he looked horrible defensively. Like right. you know, n- you know, unplayable even. Yeah. 
that's gotten a, you know he's not he's not ever going to be like a plus defender i think right but at least now he's like oh i'm seven foot one and i <laughs> have long arms and if i stand near the rim i <laughs> right. might actually be able to challenge shots like that's progress i like it yeah he's not Jaleel Okafor, in other words right and i think this was part of the problem as well you know at arizona like he he was he would let and i i still have videos somewhere on my computer with this he mm-hmm. would let literally 5'11 guys go right to the rim against him and they would mm-hmm. finish layups over him because he just didn't realize or recognize in his own head the size advantage he had yeah. and for some people that's that's a real thing they they legitimately don't really understand how big they are mm. Okay. And he yeah. he's starting to realize this. Remember, he's twenty years old. Like, right. It takes time, and as soon as he starts realizing, I'm a huge human being. <laughs> right. That's going to help matters. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it, look, the Suns are terrible, but like they have just a bunch of young players. They were never going to be good this year. The right. fact that he's making strides is a positive development for them. Mm-hmm. The development of him. And Devin Booker should be the only thing that matters for the Suns from now until the lottery, basically. And Mikhail Bridges and Elio yeah. Copo and DeAnthony Melton. Like, they have some pieces. It's they just do. a matter of making everything work, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, like, all due respect to him. Jaron Jackson Jr. has also been great. Trey Young's been better than. I mean, his... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nicely <laughs> saved her, Brian. I mean, he, he has been, you know, he's putting up numbers. That's all. That's how I'll put it. He's uh, putting. Look, I mean, again, I've I've said this, and you you've agreed with with my take on this. Like, mm-hmm. we should actually give him a lot of time to get yeah. used to the NBA and all that. Yes. And and yes. and we when I came into this season, I was like, you know what, I wouldn't even be surprised if Trey, you know, wrapped up his rookie season averaging like nine points. Right. To his credit, he's he's at like 16 points, 3 rebounds, 7 assists. I think he's turning the ball over a lot. Can you look it up for me? Uh, Yeah, he is at 4.1 turnovers per game. Right. Yeah. And I believe he's still under 30 from free. Yeah, 28.9. 40.1 okay. overall. Yeah, so, so the advanced numbers are not great. Right. But, I mean, again, he's, what, 20? Yeah, I mean, he's super young super young and like putting up those numbers at least means that there's a lot of potential left in him totally yeah like look so at, look at who he's playing with i mean he was never going to be efficient this year we said that coming into the into the season right well he is playing with you know a man crush of mine and john collins, john collins who is yeah. doing wonderfully if the, yeah by the way if the hawks were better i would have thrown john collins in, in collins into the nba all-star conversation yeah if nothing else, he'll be in the most approved player, which we can talk about. Well, was he, I he know. Was a lot, he was a lot. No, was he outside the lottery? He was outside the lottery. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. But he's All still right. a first to second year guy. I know that violates one of your rules. That's true. That's true. He's a second year guy. Yeah. Yeah. But right. that said, I mean, he's averaging almost 19 and 10 a game. Oh, man. Like, he, yeah. Like, the Hawks have. I mean, I know they're in the like the bottom of the East with the other teams, but like mm. they have so much more promise than the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. Yeah, even the Chicago Bulls because they trust their management more. <laughs> like the Bulls, you could argue have more talent, but I think 
I have more faith in the Hawks becoming relevant more quickly than the Bulls. So I actually have a thing about that. So the Bulls right now, I actually think they have considerable talent to the point where I go as far as saying that the potential that the talent level that they have on their roster is actually around league average. Yeah. Like Markinen and Carter are very good players. Absolutely. And Zach Levine, you know, with all his warts, still a good player. Like there's yep. there's a lot there. Like, they're obviously way more talented like the Charlotte Hornets mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, that being a horrible organization. <laughs> right. Like, they're playing so much you know, below their standard level. It's insane. Yeah. Totally agree. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clothes. Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. Uh, let's do most improved player since we just mentioned John Collins, who is, I guess, in the mix for that, but he yeah. does he does yeah. violate the first to second year jump. Uh, so, really, I mean, I think... I don't, do you remember who you had in your quarter pick? Uh, I think I went with Pascal Siakam after, okay. uh, after Levert went down. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I went with Siakam, too. I'm not changing that. I think Siakam is as close yeah. to a lock in this race as possible. I, I think he's basically as much a lock as Lucas. Yeah, I do, too. And it's, I mean, a lot of it is he's playing for a Raptors team that's one of the best teams in the NBA. He, right. I, I don't think, like, I just can't imagine anyone expected him to take this type of a leap after he started five games last year, you know, <laughs> no. played 20 minutes a game, averaged seven points and four and a half rebounds. Like, there was nothing to suggest, oh, he's going to come in and average 15, 7, and 3 in 30 minutes this year. Yeah. And, and he's just been such an integral piece to this Raptors team that, I mean, look, like, there are a lot of guys who should be in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, the Kings backcourt. Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. I know Fox is a second-year guy, so you will frown upon that. And, but both, and Buddy Heald is a lottery pick. Right. So both of those guys you will frown upon. Mm-hmm. Justice Winslow, I think, has a case. Lottery pick. Sabonis, who, who we'll talk about in the sixth man of the year. Lot, lottery pick, 11th yep. overall, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that sounds about right. And yep. then Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, see, there's a guy I can get behind. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, gonna, I, got, I was otherwise going to say D'Angelo Russell, but that's not going to. There's your lottery pick. Uh, yeah, number well. two. So I, I mean, I'm so glad that a certain name did not make that list. Otherwise, I may have had to divorce you. Who? Derek Gross. Oh no. Well, not for most improved. 
I have thank seen, you. Yeah, I have seen thank him mentioned, you. but like he won the MVP, guys. Thank you. Yeah. I've been saying this for months. Like, yeah. why? How can you look at that and go, "Oh, he's most improved"? No, that's right. That is totally misreading, like, the entire point of the award. Like, if you insist on doing that, like, make a comeback player of the year award, whatever. I don't care. Just, no. No. (laughs) Bad NBA fan. (laughs) Right. I'm I'm right with you there. I I did see that. I think I was looking at, like, CBS's picks, and I forget who had Derrick Rose in that conversation, but it was like... Did we forget what (laughs) early 2010s Derrick Rose was? I'm with you, like... Totally. Um, if if there was a comeback player of the year award, yeah, I can't think of a guy who would be more deserving of it, even with the gross connotation. Like that would that would lead to so many think pieces at the end of the mm-hmm. season. Which so oh, yeah. I am grateful that that award does not exist. Uh, but like just in terms of what he has overcome on the court, we are not talking about the off the court stuff. We already did that in a past episode. But just on the court, overcoming all of those injuries, and like he looked like he was China bound after last season, and now he's like solidly in the six man of the year talk. That's fine, but like yeah, he was the MVP, so he in no way should be considered for most improved player. Right. Just and then I've seen someone say, "Well, he improved his shooting." <laughs> like, it doesn't okay. matter. Great. Like, doesn't matter. That doesn't like, matter. Like, Pascal Siakam has. Like doubled his career averages. <laughs> he's he he's in. That's yep. the end of that conversation. All right. Yeah. So let's go into six man then. Right. Uh, you had Sabonis, I believe, in the quarter mark. Yes, I did. And you have convinced me to switch to Sabonis. Thank as well. you. Yeah. yeah. That said, I think it's. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of deserving guys here too. I think mm-hmm. Spencer Dinwiddie's in the conversation. I think Montrez Harrell's in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, Rose is in the conversation at least. Mm-hmm. Lou Williams just always just a permanent fixture of the six man of the year conversation. Dennis Schroeder I think could be in there as well. That's fine. They can be in the conversation. Yeah, but they just can't win it because that's the bonuses. Yeah, I think it's it's between Sabonis and Diddy would be my two front runners right now. Yeah, should be should be Sabonis. Look again, I, I get that for, per thirty six minutes aren't great. Mm-hmm. I get that. Right. But, you know, I'm actually going to look this up on my phone immediately. Because, okay. Right, because I know that he his numbers are just blowing everything out of the water. Oh, right his now. per 36? Per I got 36. You. I got right. you. Yeah, I, I got them here. I got them okay. here. I just got to okay. love it. So 21.4 yep. points, mm-hmm. 13, 13.7 rebounds, 4.1 assists mm-hmm. for a power forward slash center, Brian. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. I know. I mean, he's... Like, luckily, Miles Turner has also been better this year. Otherwise, mm-hmm. there would have been a very awkward conversation coming about, like, are they going to have to move on from Miles Turner to keep Sabonis? And, like, frankly, they that conversation still might be coming at some point. But Well, Turner's been better defensively. Right. Like, he's, he has been, yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, our, our friend of the podcast, Mark Deeks, did something on Miles Turner... And oh, okay. th- this is basically a blind retweet because I actually haven't read it yet, but because it's Mark, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm I'm fairly certain that it's good. <laughs> yeah, fair. And by the way, um, I I just went down to the advanced numbers. Mm-hmm. 
Sabonis has a true shooting percentage of 66.1. Yeah, he's been a monster this year. I mean, his field goal percentage is 61.7. Yeah. Yeah. That's just insane production. He's averaging basically 15 and 10 off the bench. Yeah. I mean, like, because as you said, Oladipo was hurt for, I think, about 10 games. Mm. And he just hasn't... He's been good. I mean, like, he's going to be in the All-Star game most likely. But he hasn't been as good as he was last year. But the Pacers are a better team overall because Miles Turner is better and Sabonis is better. They're keeping those... Those two in particular are keeping this team afloat. I, I would agree with both those things. The the reason I mentioned Dinwiddie as the other leading candidate for this award is just really the clutch scoring. You know, I, I mentioned that for Luca as mm-hmm. pushing him into the all-star conversation. Dinwiddie currently is seventh in the NBA in total clutch points at 81. He is four points ahead of Kevin Durant in terms of clutch scoring. <laughs> well, Kevin Durant does have some teammates alongside him. <laughs> right, that... that Actually, uh, yeah, that, that Dinwiddie has been in twenty-seven clutch or games that go into you know, clutch scoring mm-hmm. by NBA definition is a game separated by no more than five points in the last five minutes. Dinwiddie has twenty-seven such games. KD has twenty. So yes, it probably hurts KD that he plays with a bunch of all stars and they rarely are in close games. That said, still like Dinwiddie. As forty one point four percent, twenty four and fifty eight overall in those opportunities, and it just feels like I mean I can't count the number of times where I've seen like Dinwiddie hit a clutch three to send the game to overtime. Like he's he's done that yeah. multiple times this year. So you know this this like surging Nets team, he's been a big part of it. I think he'll be at least somewhat in that mix. Can we just talk about how Dinwiddie is only twenty five years old? I know, they, and they got him at such a good. Such a good cheap contract. He's averaging like seventeen and five off the bench, and he's yeah. draining like two threes a game to get yeah. into the line. Like this dude could actually become not just a good store, scorer, but like one of those guys who can score from every level. Mm-hmm. And when he goes into like his age twenty seven season, like I wouldn't even be surprised if he's like a twenty point scorer whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, he's trending that way, especially yep. if he gets more minutes. I mean, he's at 17, 20 and a half minutes. 28 and a half minutes. Yeah, 28 so, and a half. So yeah. give him 32, 33. If he he's keeps right scoring there at this rate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to Coach of the Year next. Or as you would like to rename it, the Greg Popovich Annual Coach of the Year Award. Correct. Are you still our Greg Popovich? You know I am. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not stopping this thing. I mean, I I will <laughs> die on this hill. You know that yeah. I will. Yep. I mean, it's fair. Right now, they're tied for fifth in the West, or I guess they're technically sixth in the West, but they're both six and a half games behind the Warriors. Mm-hmm. They're twenty-seven and twenty-one. Like, it just doesn't. It defies all logic that this team is in the playoff mix, especially in the West this year. But right, they are because Pop. Because Pop. And I know that you have Mike Mike Budenholzer. Mm-hmm. I get that because yeah. he's coming on, came into the box and just like reinstalled the entire offense, like made shooting a priority, which <laughs> right. is crucial. Yeah, and Who knew? yeah, <laughs> but I love the honorable mentions that you brought up, like Mike Malone in Denver, yep. Nick Nurse in Toronto, Kenny Atkinson in Brooklyn that we just talked about. Yep. Yeah, I mean. 
if I were to move off of Pop for just a season, mm-hmm. it's probably between Mike Malone and Nick Nurse for me. Interesting. Okay. That's fair. I mean, like, because Denver is just so wildly exceeding expectations. I think right. that's fair. And then, like, Nick Nurse had to inherit the best Toronto Raptors team in franchise history, and they haven't skipped a beat. Right, and that's with Kawhi missing actually a bunch of games, it feels yeah. like. Yeah. And and Kyle Lowry getting a little bit older, mm-hmm. at least offensively. Like, he's still fantastic. And, and it's very clear that he's got tremendous value for that team. But right. at the same time, you know, he's not this uber, super uh, volume guy that he right. used to be. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So basically, Nurse had to find a way for this team to function um, mm-hmm. in a manner that, that kind of copied last year and even exceeded last year. And he's succeeded. So, you know, good on him. And, and as well as, like last year, he played a key role from an assistant perspective, and I think he's a large part of why Pascal Siakam is is trending upwards as well. I agree. So, yeah, yeah, because he last year he was in charge of like basically renovating their offense, and all of a sudden their offense was much better than it had been in recent years. Because like Demar Derozan started shooting threes, and Kyle Lowry was a high volume three point shooter. As you said, right. Kyle Lowry has taken a big step back this year in terms of his scoring. But in comes Siakam, Serge Ibaka is having a great year. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think he's he should absolutely be in the mix. I think Dave Yeager with the Kings. Like, who among us thought January, like late January yeah. the Sacramento Kings would be above 500? No, it's, uh, that's a great point. I mean, I'm looking at the Kings, and mostly, I will say this, mostly I look at De'Aaron Fox as, yeah. the, like, the engine for that team. Mm-hmm. And, and one of those guys who've just really understood how to lead a team and, and like take control. Yeah. But he wouldn't have gotten that freedom if it hadn't been for Yeager. Right. Yeah. And and I think I mean another Homer pick, but I think Brett Brown at least deserved recognition. I think John Gonzalez of the Ringer had a great column today about like how, you know, he talked to Steve Kerr and Steve Kerr was like, I don't want to be called a coach anymore. I want to be a manager. Like they taught, you know, in like Premier <laughs> League football. Yeah. Because you know, a lot of this is just like juggling egos. And Brett Brown has had to deal with the November edition <laughs> of Jimmy Butler. You know, they have yeah. that reportedly contentious film screening in uh, in Portland at the end of December. And they, like, just haven't really skipped a beat. Like, he's just, he's, he's managing a potentially explosive locker room situation with Simmons and Bede and Butler. And they're still fourth in the West. Yeah. So I mean I think East, Brown's... Right? Oh yeah, sorry, East. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean I, that that would be impressive. I know. But... <laughs> for, well, record-wise, they would be third in the West, I think. Uh, oh my, you're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think his his coach of the year and Embiid's MVP chances both come down in these next couple of weeks because the Sixers are just in the midst of a brutal stretch. But I think he at least deserves some recognition for what he's doing. But yeah, I mean, Bud, look like. The Bucks just we they were so disappointing the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and now it's this is just like the fully actualized version of what they should have been for the past two or three seasons, and I think that's a huge credit to Bud. So yeah, I think narrative is going to work in his favor there. 
Uh, I mean, you so, can't really go wrong. This is one of no. those awards where you actually legitimately have a handful of candidates that are all deserving. Right. Yeah, I think really the only one you can go wrong is Rookie of the Year. Because I think Luca is just so far ahead. Like, yeah. even at MIP, if Dinwiddie won over Siakam, I wouldn't be aghast. Well, I mean, no. But I would still be slightly disappointed. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And but, and also I I really feel strongly about Sabonis so, and six man, yeah that would yeah. that would frustrate the hell out of me when Derrick Rose is gonna win it. <laughs> oh gross! You know it's gonna happen though. Yeah, probably. Uh, all right, let's wrap up then with Defensive Player of the Year. I I think I had Mark Gasol as my quarter pick, which I would like to amend, please. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that did not age well. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance ever who you had no you talked me out of it i think i think i had paul george or joel mm. Embiid. okay and i think i also said that if he wasn't going to win mvp i think Giannis should win defensive player of the year instead Ooh. okay um i like that and and i i didn't have rudy gobert because i had him initially at the start of the year and then mm-hmm. afterwards, like a, a, a first quarter, you kind of reminded me, hey, look at his stats. And I hadn't looked up his stats in a while. Right. I was like, oh, 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 that, that doesn't look good. <laughs> right. Which, which was really uh, surprising to me because that was one of the that's one of those times where it didn't really fit the eye test. Yeah. And you know sometimes that stuff happens and and the numbers are important. Mm-hmm. So I backed off of Rudy. You have Rudy back now. I'm back. I mean. Back on the Rudy train. You're back on the Rudy train, um, and and you know his numbers are trending upwards. Yep. I don't think they're still there yet entirely. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I get the vote of confidence, future confidence at least. So mm-hmm. I'm not removing him from the conversation, but I am going Paul George instead. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, I think if I think it's just really tough for wing players to win. Yes. Unless you're Draymond Green, in which case I don't even think you count as a wing player. You're like technically just a you're a big, but you're just a <laughs> undersized big. Mm-hmm. So I, I that's what gives me pause about Paul George. I agree that like right now he's neck and neck and he might even be ahead for yeah. DPOY, but I think by the end of the year it'll shift back to Gobert. Um here's what's what's swinging me go bear if we want to get, let's talk to little timmy again because we got to bring up some more advanced stats i know it's gonna he's gonna love it but Gobert currently leads the league in defensive real plus minus the jazz have the fourth best defense in the nba and now you know we mentioned at that quarter mark we we brought up his player tracking stats on nba.com and as you said they were they were not good i think opponents were shooting above average against him now it's back below average. 
less than six feet from the rim, they're shooting nearly seven percentage points worse than their average. So he's, it took him a little bit of time, but he's right back in that that yeah. mix of being like this this elite rim stopper, you know, rim protector, whatever. I think what swings me for Gobert compared to George is that I think Gobert is that system, is that defense in Utah. I think without Gobert, like, do you think they would have a top 15 defense without Gobert? Oh, top maybe top 15 because I do feel their schemes on the perimeter are, are very good. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's not saying much. Top 15, like, is, is right smack dab in the middle of everything, right? Right. They certainly wouldn't be top 10. They certainly wouldn't be top 5. Right. Um, so, so yeah, he, he obviously changes everything. And the fact that they were trying to funnel everything towards him, mm-hmm. like, that's that's a pretty strong indictment of him being terrific and them putting their trust in him. So, yeah. obviously, yeah. And I think... Like the Thunder right now are have a better defense than the Jazz, statistically speaking. They're they they allow point two points fewer per one hundred possessions. Right. And George has been a catalyst of that. I think that's fair to say. But I think even without George, they would still probably be in the top ten. Because you still oh. have you still have Stephen ah, Adams. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I mean, know about that one. I that that feels a little bit of a stretch to me. Because I mean, here, here's here's what George does that I feel is getting ignored that can't okay. really get measured by the numbers. Mm-hmm. So we've seen George guard ones, twos, threes, fours, even even the occasional five mm-hmm. on Twitch, and he's like right there with everyone. Yeah, like he can switch over to guards and handle them for long stretches, and then he can go in and take on like big dudes who play the four spot. Right. That is true. I think that versatility is just, I, I think that offers so many opportunities. It's it's kind of like just ripples in a pond mm-hmm. where because of that flexibility, it allows the Thunder to do so many other things. Like yeah. right now, Russell Westbrook, I don't, I don't remember if he's still leading the league in, in steals, but he's, he's up there at least. Mm-hmm. And part of that is him actually being allowed to gamble for steals because PG is right there. Right. Like there is a component of the old Chicago Bulls Doberman defense with Mike and Scotty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when one of them are just totally engaged and frustrates the hell out of people, like the other one is looking at that rush pass and just getting right into the middle of things. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems it's though in Oklahoma City, it's not Russ really putting the efforts in or well, he does put the effort in. But it's not really Russ forcing the turnover. It's more like Paul George forcing the turnover and Russ getting right. the steal. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, I just think he's I think he you said go bears the system in Utah. I don't mm-hmm. want to go, you know, to the whole Paul George is the system in, in OKC. I don't think that that's quite true. Right. But I think he is the most important part of that system in OKC and by a significant margin. That's I get fair. what Steven Adams does. Yeah. I really do. But again, He's not one of those guys from come out and switch. Like he's very fairly right. limited around the rim. And around the rim, like I get that his numbers are good, but he's mm-hmm. still no go bear. Like there's yeah. the intimidation factor is just not the same. Like you, you look at Go Bear, it's like seven foot two and and what? Like a seven nine, seven ten wingspan? Yeah, something like and, that. And with jumping ability. Right. Like Adams is a little bit more grounded. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just 
I don't know about you, but whenever I see games like OKC compared to to Utah, like I don't see as many players like hesitate to go into the paint against Adams as they do Gobert. No, I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And I mean, just in terms of, yeah, I mean, Stephen Adams has allowed like again all of all of the like take this with a grain of salt because right. it's like Defensive the rim protection numbers. stats and yeah whatever, but. At the rim, uh, opponents have shot 57.1% against Gobert, 61.0 against Adams. So I'm with you. I mean, Stephen Adams is not as good as Gobert. That said, I think the combination of Adams and Noel give the Thunder 48 minutes of, like, rock-solid rim protection still. Yes, absolutely. I think Noel has been – he's flown somewhat under the radar this year, but he's been a big – impact player for them um i think jeremy grant would probably absorb some of paul george's switchability if Mm -hmm. george wasn't there and i you know he's not he wouldn't be as effective at it but like i i just think they would still have a decent defense without george i think their defense without george would be better than the the jazz's defense without Gobert. I know that's hard to quantify, so yeah, that, that uh, might not I, be I the best it. way to evaluate Defensive Player of the Year, but that that's at least my thinking as to why I have Gobert slightly ahead of George. Mm. But, I mean, I think you can't go wrong with either guy. I think Embiid's going to be in the mix. I think Draymond yes. Green's going to be in the mix. It's like the same usual cast of candidates. I guess Kawhi would be if he wasn't Plays missing. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think the the load management stuff is gonna hurt him there. Yeah, I, I I don't know about Draymond right now. It seems like yeah, he he seems to be somewhat back to his old self. Yeah, but he was he was in a funk. Like offensively, he just couldn't get anything to work, and it seemed like it was rubbing off on his defense. Like he was just frustrated and didn't. He, you know, the thing about defense is you have to like clock in mentally. Right, like you, you, you really have to just punch that ticket and go. All right, I'm getting to work right now, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna work my ass off. And it seems like the offensive struggles were taking him out of that, and now yeah. he seems like he's reengaged. So good on him for being that. But I, I mean, he was, he was disengaged for like what a couple weeks. Yeah, I think then, here's Draymond's case. Yeah, with the Warrior, with he's on the floor. The Warriors have a defensive rating of 101.8, which would be best in the league by two points. Yeah. When he's off the floor, 111.4. Oh, that is a tremendous number. Okay. Yeah. So wow, I didn't know. Yeah, that was that was quite the Yeah, it's a nearly, difference. It's like, what, yeah. a nearly 10-point swing, basically? But, but who is getting on that bench with him, though? That's the, what I want to know. Because if he's spending most of his minutes with, with Durant... For example, like that's obviously it's going to affect the team if both he and Durant leave the court at the same time. Yeah, Durant's is there 106.7 with him on, 111.0 with him off. So, yeah, part of it is. I mean, Boogie's played so minimal that I don't think we can include him in this conversation. (laughs) He's 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 a minus 48.7. They allowed (laughs) us 61 points per 100 possessions with him on the floor, which is also terrifying, but. That's beside the point. But so Draymond's differential is 9.6. The next closest on the team is Stephen Curry at 5.2. Okay. Yeah. Well, so. that, that, I, I mean, I'm actually glad to hear the numbers weren't as bad as I feared because watching him play during 
you know, the slump or whatever it was, right, was not good. Like no, he he, no, no, he did no. not look himself at all on either end. So I'm glad to hear that they can at least make up for that. Yeah, and like George, to to give him credit, the Thunder are one hundred one point four with him on the floor, which is even better than Draymond. One hundred eight point three with him on the bench. So that's a six point nine point swing, mm. biggest of any rotation player because Raymond Felton, Deontay Burton, they don't count. So like that's, I mean it's you can make you can make this case for really any of these guys. I think I, I'm checking on Gobert right now. I'm gonna guess he has a similar. Yeah, he's at five. They all God, they're one hundred point seven with Gobert on the floor. 105.9 with him off. So that's 5.2 points per 100 possessions. I mean, like, I, I think that's the starting point, basically, if you're yeah. talking defensive player of the year. Like, it's got to be a pretty big swing with him on and off the floor. So I think really any of these guys are deserving. Embiid's the same way. 102.3 with him on, 107.3 with him off. It's a five-point swing. So I have a 15-year-old anecdote. Okay. Because you said something right before we started this segment uh, about, you know, bigs being, or, or actually you said the wings aren't as inclined as bigs, I think, mm-hmm. to like win this yeah, award. Yeah, it's, it's like tougher for a wing right. to win. Yeah. So one who did, Ron Artest. Okay, yep. Back in 2004, he mm-hmm. won the award for Indiana. And the league in its press release printed these stats. He successfully held his offensive targets, I'm reading from a press release, including some of the league's top players, to 8.1 points a game on 9.3 shots per game and 42.6% shooting. Mm. All right. First of all, that is entirely impossible to quantify it like that, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, right. And Greg Popovich, all the way back from 15 years ago, knew that and was (laughs) livid. Really? Like, he did not understand how the league... Because he wanted Bruce Bowen to win, obviously. He was was pissed on Bruce's behalf, but Yeah. yeah. Um, but like he correctly pointed out, like the league actually allowed these numbers to get released. Like they mm. printed those numbers in their press release. This mm-hmm. amateur hour. Like he was just, <laughs> he was so upset because back then he knew that there was no way to really, you know, measure all those things. You couldn't right. do it as black and white. Yeah. And it's just, could you imagine this press release getting out today? No. Like oh my NBA God. Twitter. Especially yeah. the analytics community would have a field day. <laughs> right. And, like, too, I mean, Kawhi Leonard has won it back-to-back years or back-to-back times in recent years, so it's not impossible for a wing to win. Right. But, but he's a pseudo-big when you think yeah. about it. And, like, him and Artest are the only two guys to have won in the past – the only two wings to have won in the past 20 years, the best I could tell, has been Gobert, Green – Joakim Noah, Marcus Saul, Tyson Chandler, Dwight Howard three times, Kevin Garnett, Ben Wallace mm. four times. Uh, like it was just Dikembe Matumbo and Alonzo Mourning were switching off throughout most of the late nineties. Marcus Camby. Marcus Camby. For, so yeah. Tim Duncan doesn't have one, but Marcus Camby has one. Yeah. <laughs> Scotty Pippen though. Also doesn't have one. Yeah. And Dennis Rodman has two. <laughs> that is that is the one thing. I, I You know what? Scottie Pippen should make a podcast that's just entitled I Never Want a DPOY. <laughs> For real? Where, every, where he just like, in every episode, start off by just ranting against the, the, the NBA you know, media members 
like from right. the, from the eighties and nineties. Like yeah. oh, just a reminder that I was the best defensive player for multiple years, and I never won Defensive Player of the Year. Right, and, and he was too. Signing off. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like a twenty five second podcast every episode. Right. I would listen right. to that. I would I would subscribe the hell out of that immediately. Me too. Me too. So I think that's a good place to wrap up. Uh, we will be back later this week, most likely, with All-Star Starter Reaction. They're getting announced Thursday, and then we'll make our All-Star Reserve picks as well. Until then, please follow us on Twitter, at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're being hosted now on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporic, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Mort, your Carmelo Bulls jersey is in the mail. Oh, thank you. And so is your Los Angeles Clippers Jimmy Butler jersey. <laughs> you could have just said Andrew Bynum jersey, you dick. Oh, that's true. That's true. You ruined your entire team over Andrew Bynum. I forgot. I, I will remind you repeatedly. Yeah. Don't worry. I have a jersey of his already. <laughs> That's so sad. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clothes. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart thank you progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates discounts not available in all states or situations